Hello and welcome to Crackpot Theories, the podcast where everything is plausible until proven otherwise. I'm Sirka. And I'm Sinead. And uh, Sirka, you sound less papery this time. Where's your bucket? I got out of the bucket. Ha <laughs> 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 I have migrated to the cardboard box. <laughs> you you do uh, you you sound actually a little bit like um uh one of those old timey radio presenters now like you're about to do War of the Worlds. Oh my god, that is amazing! I'm really happy I sound like that. To be honest, I just keep remind getting reminded of Has Been Hotel then, Radio <laughs> Demon. Oh okay, haven't seen it, so I I cannot comment. Um, but how are things in lockdown now that it's been extended another three weeks? Um. Nice. It's going shite. This is awful. <laughs> uh, I honestly didn't think I'd live through like a Stephen King novel, but here we are. And uh, Stephen King actually apologized for people feeling like they were in a Stephen King novel on his Twitter. And that made me laugh. But, uh, hey, listen, this, yeah. can't, this can't be a Stephen King novel. We're not in Maine. There's no like greaser style bullies, you know, <laughs> so we can't be in a Stephen King novel or a film or whatever um because yeah there there's none of the usual tropes we're not in maine yeah mostly <laughs> <laughs> so um i've a uh, a bit of a i've a theory that's kind of uh it fits in a little bit with our current mind state at the moment since we are all oh. thinking of disease and contamination and uh how the human body works so um we're going to be talking about the Alien franchise. Uh, Alien, oh, Aliens, Alien 3, uh, Alien Resurrection, Prometheus, Alien Covenant, uh, Alien vs. Predator, everything that's under the Aliens banner. Um, maybe even a little dip into Alien Isolation, which I haven't played because I'd be too scared. But I have watched a lot of people play it. Yeah. Uh, I... It's been a long old time since I watched the Alien movies, but I remember being a really big fan of the the Alien vs. Predator because it was just so silly. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. it <laughs> and of course, I, lo- I love Sigourney Weaver anyway, so seeing her in the first Alien was absolutely amazing. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, do you want to hear how old I was when I saw Aliens for the first time? Three. <laughs> the close seven. Oh man, that's, that's young. Like, I still have very vivid memories of being, like, a teenager and seeing the the chest burster thing and thinking that it was just horrifying because it happened so quickly and stuff. I don't know how you coped as a seven-year-old. <laughs> it explains a lot. <laughs> it it does, in fairness. Um, like, the Xenomorph is probably one of my all-time favourite film villains. If, if you can even call it a villain, you can't really. It's just doing what it's, you know, it's an animal. It's doing what animals do. There's no real evil there. It's just, it's a creature that is incredibly hostile. So it's just doing what it's supposed to do. But when I was a child, um, like, we were all kind of watching it as a family kind of thing. As in, there was me and my cousins all there in in one big room when it came on. And we were watching it because they thought it was just going to be like a regular action film. But nope, chestbursters, massive queen alien, um, the... Uh, marines getting taken out like uh like fish in a barrel um and i'm going going to eat you with my little mouth (laughs) and my big mouth (laughs) uh but yeah i like for years and years then afterwards like i used to 
sleep on my side facing the radiator because I thought that if I didn't, it was going to come out from under my bed and get me. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but then over time, I started to kind of appreciate the alien more for what it was. And then I sort of, you know, now I love seeing it. Like there's people who complain about the newest films because they're like, oh, the scary part of the alien was that you never saw it coming. You never saw it close up. It was always the stuff you couldn't see that made it scarier. And I'm like, no, I want to see the xenomorph. I want to see him in all his glory. I want to see him hopping around the place. I want to see him jumping on things, eating people in broad daylight. Um, I, I, I could honestly watch the xenomorph cook breakfast, uh, <laughs> take a shower, go to work, work on his laptop kind of things. I, I, could, I could honestly watch that. It's just such an impeccably designed creature. But I think the fact that it is so impeccably designed plays very much into our theory. Because oh. my theory for the Aliens franchise as a whole is that all of this actually takes place inside a human body. Oh? Yeah. Now, bear with me, because <laughs> this sounds mental. Are we going to have to take a good stretch? Yeah, I, I would <laughs> say limber up a little bit, because this is quite a stretch, right? So, you know, obviously these people are moving through the galaxy, and uh, they're on their way from one place to another. It's always they're on their way from one place to another, and then they have all these drop-off points. But it almost feels like it's been kind of translated into a form we can understand that, you know, if you look at it really closely, the universe that they're traveling through could be like they're on a microscopic level traveling through a blood vessel kind of thing. Mm. So in the first, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> like that episode of Rick and Morty when it's like pirates of the pancreas. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's loads of other comparisons. There's like the the Incredible Journey. Uh, I think was the first. Let's shrink and go into the human body. But doesn't it look really alien inside? Uh, the Magic School Bus obviously did at least one episode oh, on yeah. that too. Um, just like it's a very very common trope. Um, but if you think about this, right, the Nostromo in the first film is bringing essential supplies now i don't like i watched the film recently and i took notes and everything i don't think they really explained what they were transporting on the nostromo but the people inside it it was their job to transport the cargo from one part of the universe to another part of the universe which is the job of red blood cells carrying oxygen yeah, exactly. So they are carrying an essential good from one place to another and then they get interrupted and they land on a planet and there's the space jockey. So what they're coming across is something that's dormant for a while, the alien egg, but then it reacts to their presence. Um, now, the funny thing is after... Prometheus and Alien Covenant they sort of retconned a little bit the creation of the aliens um, because the engineers this, you know the space jockey that they found in the spaceship mm -hmm. uh, they found out that's the engineers those are the ones who supposedly created life on Earth but they're also responsible for the black goo that is the origin of the alien species now I mean did you see Prometheus? I have very vague memories of watching it. I can't remember too much of it. I just remember that horrifying scene with the baby situation. 
Oh yeah, the emergency C section. Yes, yes, it was. Um, there's a lot of traumatic births kind of in the Aliens franchise. Full stop. But again, I think that plays into my theory. You see, the black goo when they first kind of encounter it, uh, it grows this type of snake thing as a reaction, and it attacks those two guys. Um, but it's not a fully fledged alien. And it doesn't even come close to being a full, fully fledged alien at that point. And in fact, it's really only aggressive because those two guys are kind of poking at it, which you don't do. Now, that makes me think that the engineers are kind of, they're tall and very broad and they're a sort of a ghostly white color, which makes me think that these might, <laughs> these might be white blood cells. Yes, yes. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that coming and I was like, yes, 100%. <laughs> okay, but then what does that make the black goo? That makes the black goo antibodies. Because antibodies are responsible for attacking disease. But sometimes when a person has an autoimmune disorder, as in lupus or multiple sclerosis or Gillian Barr, the antibodies actually attack the red blood cells. And they cause a condition called acquired autoimmune hemolytic anemia. That was a sentence and a half. Yeah, I, I did a lot of research for this. Now, I should probably point out that uh, I am not a doctor. Um, I am a lay person who has an interest in medicine because of my own complex medical history. Uh, and fact checking for this episode was going to be tricky at the moment anyway because could you imagine if i walked into lachlan's town after delivering vog masks to them and just going hang on can i talk to you for a moment <laughs> about this theory i have about autoimmune disorders they'd feckin shoot me <laughs> that would be like so like suspicious and like hello i know we're in the middle of a pandemic but could you please tell me this very interesting medical facts that were just slightly suspicious. <laughs> oh, yeah. I kind of wanted to say that. It's like, that would just be so suspicious, especially at the current climate. They'd just be looking at you like, this this lady is up to something. <laughs> yeah, and especially the way I'd probably end up phrasing it as well. It's like, if I had a human and I wanted to induce an autoimmune disorder in that human, what's the best way to go about doing that? That would make it sound like you were trying to plan on killing your husband or like your partner or something to be like, yeah, so what would weaken a human's immune system, you know, just just for scientific uh, research and then we'll, th we'll throw him out into the coronavirus. It'd be great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like that, it just sounds so suspicious when you put it like that. <laughs> oh, listen, everything I do for theories at the moment sounds very suspicious because of, like my Google history is just insane now. It's it's like, what's the best way to make a realistic looking shark outfit to plan murders with? <laughs> what is the best material to make it look like shark skin? Like, if, if I am ever suspected of murdering anybody, like, my Google history is going to be seriously dodgy. I, I'm going to jail. There's a... <laughs> Is this like the time you asked that poor lady in the coffee shop something really, really suspicious as well? No, because was. <laughs> no, because you do not remember that conversation correctly. That never happened. Anyway, um, 
<laughs> moving along swiftly. Moving along oh. s- very, very swiftly. Yeah. So, um, like, there's a lot of different things that can cause um, the antibodies of a white blood cell to attack the immune system. And especially if uh, if they are antibodies, um, they may have been caused by a reaction to something. And this is where David from the Prometheus films comes in. Because um, David is an artificial being and he's not really supposed to be there. So that kind of, you know, they do say that he's been made by the humans, but I mean, you know, they obviously had to make him out of something. But he's, he's not a natural part of that actual body. Now, sometimes an autoimmune disorder can be caused by medicines like penicillin or um quinine i think i'm yeah i think i may be pronouncing that right uh, i think i may be pronouncing that wrong um oh no it's quinine quinine have you ever heard of the medicine quinine i'm afraid i haven't actually i'm i'm trying to think about it and i can't actually okay it doesn't come to come to mind i'm afraid well it probably wouldn't really come to mind here in this country because um that quinine is the kind of thing that you use to treat malaria in particular. It's usually oh, they, they right. consider it a, uh, something that you use to treat malaria. Or I think it does treat other tropical diseases. Now, quinine is what I call a scorched earth um, medicine. In that you get it in the system and it'll kill the disease. But it'll kill off a lot of other things too. So it is one, yeah, so it is one of these things that can cause somebody to have a very bad autoimmune reaction to it. And that makes me think, you know, David got in there, saw the black goo and meddled with it. He was created to help the red blood cells. He was supposed to help the red blood cells, but he didn't. He kind of went poking around where he shouldn't have been, caused the antibodies to react to something else. You know, so, Yeah, I I would definitely. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, there. I mean, there is actually another explanation for that as well, and uh, this was brought on actually by my research into malaria, the um the condition. So apparently, malaria parasites can actually attach to and live inside red blood cells, and then they. They multiply rapidly and the s- blood cells actually burst. Like properly explode. Like, like yeah, they, they reproduce very quickly and then they rupture the cell, the cell body. So that's an even bigger thing. Like I actually thought that um, when I was doing the research, I thought that this was all kind of leading to, oh, well, these red blood cells are being killed off um, by the body's actual immune system. But maybe this is inside the body of somebody who has malaria. Because that would make sense then if, like, the thing causes red blood cells to explode. That would explain chest bursters immediately. Completely, yeah. And because it's a parasite. I mean, it is a parasitic organism. Um, So once it gets in, you know, and kills off as many people as it can. And then it just sort of, like, there was a scene in the very first um, film... And it wasn't actually in the original cut. It was a deleted scene where um, Ripley comes across Dallas 
And Dallas has been cocooned in this sort of stringy goo by the alien. And the other guy, I think it was um, Brett. It wasn't Brett. Was it Brett? Well, one of the grunts anyways. The guy that's... Um, the, the guy that has the hat. And he, he's been gone from the film for a while. He was taken away by the alien um, when he was out looking for the cat. But he appears to be turning into an egg. So that's what they do they are actually harvesting the humans and turning them into eggs so they can reproduce again which like malaria parasites part of their game as well you know again this is not 100 percent accurate but symbolically i mean if you were trying to translate the effect of malaria on the human body into a form that we can understand it would absolutely be a monster movie you know it would it really would and just that idea of somebody transforming into like into an egg or into like the big bad is it's a very interesting concept for a horror movie and when that actually happens inside your body it's that, isn't that kind of how cancer works as well well ca- cancer is a mutation of cells that are already in the body I mean, both you and I watch Cells at Work, so um, they yeah. yeah, they tried to explain that all in a very light-hearted way. And even so, sometimes there are absolutely horrific scenes in Cells at Work. You know? It's amazing. Yeah. It's so good. But <laughs> it like, is. It was that mutation of like a healthy thing into the big bad villain kind of thing. So it would be kind of like cancer. And they multiply really quickly as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just, you know, the, the human body is an incredible machine. And, like, I, I'll always say that, you know, humanity is kind of a big middle finger towards nature because the human body, not, not even naturally, but humans survive things that would kill off most animals. I mean, you know, if you've got an animal that's born with no arms and no legs, usually it dies fairly quickly in nature it dies if it's a pet sometimes it'll get fostered or or it might be put to sleep but as a human if you are born with no arms and no legs you can live a you can not only live to a ripe old age but you can thrive have a really good life on it like there's actually there's actually an amazing scene you ever see the um film freaks by todd browning made oh my god that's a haunting movie like that's a that is uh, one that sticks with you. I thought, I thought it was kind of like, I actually thought it was very heartwarming in some ways because like these were the people that Todd Browning ran away, like he ran away to join the circus essentially. So these were the people that he kind of um, found a kinship with and he wanted to kind of, even though he did portray they them as, <laughs> they, they kill one person and they disfigure another person. Like, that was just turned into a horror film. But the first half of the film is just, you know, these are the people who live at the circus. Aren't they brilliant? Kind of your, thing. Your idea of heartwarming and the general populations of heartwarming are two very different things. <laughs> oh, come on. He was just showing them living their lives. You know, they they had um, they had their little squabbles and little foibles and they had their disagreements and... They live very normal lives, but the scene that I'm referring to actually is um, the scene where uh, the human torso, not the human torso, that's Johnny Eck, um, Prince Randian. I forget what they called him, but he was born with no arms and no legs. And they have a whole scene where he's chatting to Johnny Eck 
and he lights a cigarette. And he could have asked Johnny to light the cigarette for him. Would have been quicker. But he lit it himself. He had a whole system worked out to do this. And the fact that, you know, I mean, when you're a disabled person, I, I know a lot of disabled people don't really like to ask for help because they want to try and maintain as much independence as you can. But, you know, your first thought is, well, why didn't he just ask his friend to do it? And it's like, well, his friend's not going to be around all the time. So if he wants to have a cigarette, he's going to have to light it himself. So he worked out a whole system. And that, I think, is quite incredible. You know, um, we're very adaptable as, as a race. Like there's very little that we can't overcome if we put our minds to it, which is pretty, pretty cool. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even talking global pandemics you know, humans still survive. Yeah, we're doing an awful lot better this time around than, like, say, the bubonic plague and things. So that's, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, I mean, even looking at uh, the xenomorph in itself, the xenomorph was designed to be the ultimate killing machine. And yet there's always a handful of humans that survive it, for the most part. Alien Covenant is kind of... Mm, but then again, in Alien Covenant, the only reason that um, kind of they have the downer ending is because David is the one pulling the strings and they can't really go against him. He's too crafty. Um, but yeah, getting back to uh, what I was saying. So if we are looking at the um, body of somebody who has been infected by a malaria parasite, uh, there's another little thing there that uh, a lot of the time the parasite lies dormant. Um, yeah. in particular, it hangs out in the liver and the kidneys and that way the immune, the actual immune system is not going to detect it. So this is why you always find it on like this abandoned planet with this abandoned spaceship and then humans got a distress signal. So they, they, you know, the liver sends out distress signals every now and then. So they pinged it and they went down to have a look and they got infected and then they started spreading it just a little bit but they didn't spread it very far because they did eventually kind of press the self-destruct button um but yeah that, that's sorry i'm sorry <laughs> it's really hard to know when to speak because we're not face to face i'm so sorry no um, it's okay I know, that, I know that malaria does reoccur quite a lot because once you have malaria you're prone to having bouts of it for the rest of your life like cheryl cole or cheryl tweedy didn't she have malaria and she still gets bouts of it every now and then yeah i think so yeah but this is why oh. this is why um uh, quinine was used to stop it because again it's a scorched earth uh, drug so you put it in there it'll probably kill your malaria it could probably ruin your liver at the same time but it's it's a trade-off you know are you willing to sacrifice the functioning of your liver in order to get rid of malaria um, but the uh, the funny thing then is uh, this kind of plays into the predators. Yes. <laughs> Be because as you know, the predators are supposedly like the, they're the match to the xenomorph. Um, even though we, we don't know a huge amount about them, but they pop in every now and then when there's a cluster of aliens around. When they did the second Predator film, it was just kind of a like inside the ship. They had the skull of an alien queen and that was like, ooh, so they hunt aliens. And then they made this whole big thing about it. But like in the first Aliens versus Predator film, they're in the Arctic and they've um, 
you know, they've kind of spurred on this um, set of aliens to start hatching so that they can hunt them. And then two of them actually die and then one of them actually survives, but he gets infected on the way out. So that kind of makes me think that um, the Yotia could actually be uh, quinine because they go in there and sometimes they'll save the humans and then other times the humans will just get killed because they're in the way. Yeah, that would it would fit them so well because they're just so aggressive that they can help, but they can also kill everyone in the same process. And it, it sounds very like that drug that it could cure you or it could kill you. Yeah, it's a it's a, a toss up. <laughs> Let's see see what happens. There is a scene in the first Aliens vs Predator where, like, uh, Temple gets completely overrun by the Xenomorphs, and they're just like. Okay, well, I guess we failed this hunting. I guess we'd better just blow everything up now. And they do. So, you know, that's your liver, possibly. After taking quinine, there's like, there are um, side effects of uh, quinine are actually fairly frightening. One of them is coughing up blood. Yeah, so it, it's it's proper scorched earth. And in fact, there's a lot of medicines that are very scor- scorched earth. Um. I mean, the medicines I'm on um, and medicines that I have been on have had some weird side effects. Mm, yeah, they they do. I have heard of some absolute insane ones. Like, I was reading through some of my anxiety meds and I was looking at what were some of the side effects, just so I'd be aware of which, like, if they were agreeing me with if they were agreeing with me or not and one of the side effects that was a possibility it was very rare was hysterical pregnancy <laughs> oh my god like, if you're taking anxiety meds i i don't know what would have been happening in someone's life that they need anxiety meds and equally suffer from hysterical pregnancy oh, stop. <laughs> oh god yeah so, drugs any kind of medicine is really just a toss-up. The, I mean, the other theory that I had for the Predators was, uh, to start with, it didn't work out as such, but I was doing some research into it, it was uh, heroin. Um, be- oh, gosh. Well, I mean, if you've had any kind of um, major surgery, you've, you've taken heroin. Because heroin is the street name for desomorphine, which is the drug that they give you after surgery. And yeah, they give it to um, people dying of cancer as well. Or uh, they they gave you that as well. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, funnily enough, right? There's there's no great high off of it. You know, the the high that you see in films is greatly exaggerated. What it does is, if you're in any kind of pain, whether that's physical pain or emotional pain, or just general terms of distress, um, I mean, it feels great. But that's why it's addictive is because people are trying to escape from their pain, whether it is physical or or mental anguish. So they take heroin and then they feel better. And I thought maybe that that was a little bit like um, what was going on with the the Autia, the predators, that, you know, they were coming in and they were fixing the problem. But then they were also bringing other problems with them. So like sometimes you can get like a good clean dose of desomorphine after you've had surgery and it helps you 
get over the illness that you've had. This was what, when I was thinking the xenomorph was the autoimmune disorder. Um, and having like well, some sort of surgery for that. And then also be kind of like chemo. A little bit, yeah. Um, but then chemo... Um, like it does kind of depend really because chemo is notoriously harsh. And yeah. sometimes the predators... Like sometimes the people die and it's not the predator's fault. He's just there to kind of do his job and he's either completely indifferent to the humans that are there or he's like, you, you, um, here's a shield and a spear. You're going to help me kill these guys kind of thing. So, I I mean, you could you could taper it up and make it fit pretty much any medicine that you, you want, really, because all medicines have side effects. You Like, the predators could be Calpol. <laughs> I kind of like that idea. They're... Um, am I remembering it right that they kind of have that shiny color to them? Like they're kind of shiny, kind of like cattle. Um, yeah, they they've got the um, they're kind of like lizard people, and they wear helmets and shiny armor as well. So, um, it it depends on what what film you're watching, really. Um, it's it's just they're they're a very odd species, and even after watching all of the films, I still know very little about them. I know considerably more about the xenomorph. Um, but that's just because I feel, I, I wouldn't say a kinship because that just <laughs> sounds weird because I am not a blood sucking parasite that bursts out <laughs> of people's stomach. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, I, I'm xenomorph kin. <laughs> God, um, no, no, no. I, I just think, you know, it's so beautifully designed and so horrific and you know how much I love things that are horrific. So... Yes. <laughs> so I just I love Xenomorph for that the predator always strikes me as being slightly silly and in that way I can kind of relate it back to medicine because it's like medicine the study of it I don't find as interesting as the study of actual disease you know um, yeah, I love looking at like historical medicine and stuff and how they used to deal with things back before science had properly advanced and that and so I, I love plague doctors and like old 17, 16, 17th, 16th century medicine and plague doctors and like how they did surgeries and uh, you've got body. too much blood we'd better take some of that blood out of a wandering uterus <laughs> clearly well, so you're you're sick because you're infested with bad souls we'll just sprinkle just, some holy water on you it'll be fine I just love it it's so wild that people genuinely used to believe these things and it makes me really interested on how maybe in 100 200 years people are going to look back at us now and see all of the things that we have gotten wrong and we don't even notice it's like oh my god these people use like medicine what are they insane I was like, that's a paracetamol that's that's like cancer in a tablet <laughs> god. you know it's I, or, or like really they, they were using, they they were using um, quinine to blow up their livers to try and get rid of one parasite. Oh my God, what were these people on? Kind of thing. Yeah, there is there is that aspect of it too. But um, I don't know. I love playing the game um, Plague Inc. Where oh, yes. you have oh, to. Yes. You have to play as a disease that is trying to infect people. Now I should probably point out 
that I have no interest in infecting anybody with any kind of any kind of contagious disease. I just find the science behind it quite interesting. So I, I promise you I do not have any nefarious plans. But it's just a lot of fun just to see how it happens when you're kind of, you know, I, I, well, I started off in India and then I decided to go and fed Greenland because that's all really, it's always really hard to get to Greenland and kind of things. No. It's just like infecting. In that game, in that game, if you get Greenland, you get the world and Madagascar. Yeah, Madagascar, Madagascar. too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, when you infect the birds and you just go fly, my pretties, fly over the... <laughs> <laughs> I just I just pictured you standing out in your garden with a load of pigeons. Fly my birdies! Kill them all! I was like, um, <laughs> uh, Denmark has closed its ports. Oh, God damn it! Now I'm just going to have to infect them by land kind of thing. <laughs> but it, it's, it's a lot of fun. And in that game, you can actually play as a xenomorph. Are you serious? I am serious. Like, there's, uh, there's all the... After you've played off the main campaigns, they do the ones where, like, people who are fans of the game have made their own campaign, and somebody yeah. did a whole thing about the um, the the xenomorphs and their life cycles and everything, and how you can escape detection uh, until you've managed to get enough people implanted with chestbursters that by the time they find out a cure, it's not going to matter anymore. That is absolutely amazing and fits so well with the theory. Yes, it does. Yeah, but I mean, you can actually make pretty much anything a plague in that. Like, at one point I played through a, um, I played through a campaign that was for the Neurax worm, which apparently was this worm that infects your brain and controls your thoughts. But they were trying to infect people with uh, Christmas joy. I saw one recently that a YouTuber was playing that um, uh, it was the TikTok fever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was basically inciting a TikTok plague where people would TikTok so much so often that they forget to eat and die of starvation and like get withdrawals if they don't TikTok. And it was actually hilarious because I know you can write in the different symptoms and different side effects and stuff and some of them were absolutely hilarious <laughs> and uh like one of them was burning your house down for the special effects it is a fantastic game and i learned an awful lot from playing it multiple times um do you know like it was so well researched yeah. That it kind of predicted how things were going to go once coronavirus happened, kind of thing. I don't, I don't think they did it deliberately. No, <laughs> yeah, they... I don't think they ever expected this to actually happen. You know. No, no, no. Uh, but it was just it was made by experts, and I mean, experts were saying for years and years that there was going to be some sort of flu mutation that was going to become the next pandemic, and they were right. Um, mm. and they like that's why the film Contagion was made. Because they could kind of see this coming more or less, and they wanted to do an accurate portrayal of what it was going to look like, I think. But anyway, going back to the xenomorph, is there anything else I have to say about the xenomorph besides how much I love the xenomorph? They're a really cool character design. Yeah. Well, the funny I thing is, to. yeah. <laughs> but the funny thing is, like, if if the theory bears out, and uh, you know, the 
red blood cells have been infected, white blood cells have been rendered immutable. Um, David, the, the quinine representative, has come in and gone complete scorched earth by making the, um, the xenomorph in the first place. I mean, the evidence is that this human still managed to survive all of this. You well, know, there was multiple sequels. There was multiple sequels, and there will be multiple sequels. Um, and are they making more? Oh, probably. That like aliens is going to be the thing that never dies. There's going to be new ones, uh, even when Ridley Scott dies. I mean, they're still going to be making more of it. You know. And they like the Star Wars. They just keep making more and more and more because they like money. Yeah, but the you know these would be actually bearable kind of thing. <laughs> Oh, well, no, the the depth of my uh, indifference towards Star Wars is uh, completely bottomless, but I do love the Xenomorph. So even in films, like, I liked Alien Resurrection. I thought it was fun. So I have no ill will towards it. Uh, that does beg the question. So Ripley was transformed into a sort of Xenomorph red blood cell hybrid. Like, hmm. that's another thing where we could really it would be really useful to talk to an actual doctor and just say, so is there a possibility that malaria can crossbreed with a red blood cell in order to create some sort of red malaria hybrid? And then they would guillotine me in front of the hospital for bothering them. <laughs> or you'd get arrested just for like this. It's like yeah. I'll, I'll wear a, I'll wear a face mask to the hospital and I'll take notes with a like sterilized pen, um, yeah maybe that bit doesn't make sense but I mean we don't know everything that happens in the human body, um That's there's true not yet yeah there's still a lot of things that um haven't been explained really maybe alien resurrection takes place in the brain, and in the past ten years we've discovered two new organs, <laughs> oh, yeah. How does one just like find a new organ in like the human body? Two, not one, but two New York organs in ten years. It's insane. So I we mean, never know what's going to be going on inside us. Like there could be little cities, and we never would have known. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, technically, a xenomorph population could probably live in your liver for quite a long time before anything actually happens. And that was another thing. Actually, I found out is that. Um, People, there, ha there have been people who have developed an actual evolutionary um, resistance to malaria. And, but it in, in itself, um, the side effects of that can be cause diseases of their own. Sickle cell disease is actually one of those. The sickle, oh. yeah, sickle cell disease is apparently it's an evolutionary resistance to malaria. I have heard that's supposed to be absolutely dreadful. It's a horrifying one. It really messes up people that have it. Nah. Completely. What I've heard anyway. Completely. But, you know, that's the, the evolutionary response to any disease is kind of amazing in that it's all trial and error. You, you know, even if you don't survive it, generations after you will survive it. And everybody kind of builds up the resistance through herd immunity. So... It's kind of amazing in that it happened. I think it speaks to how at the end of every Aliens film, there is always at least one person left to tell mm. the tale. And, the lone survivor. Yeah, and and spread those resistant uh, to the alien genes onto the next generation. Yeah? I really like that theory. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad. I like that. 
I, I'm I'm very glad. Um, now we've kind of run out of th- things to talk about. Um, that... Does that mean if you if you clone them, they'll become vaccines? Maybe like a a weak strain of the alien. Like, has there been a film where that happened? I mean, I know that in the comics there was a comic where there was a set of xenomorphs that were infected by something so they were really weak and they were dying and they actually sort of roped in a human to try and help them and he did because he kind of went quizzling on them so i don't know maybe that was a vaccine it's hard it's Very hard plausible. yeah Very plausible. it's hard to know and then you got you got that weird kind of the one that the alien queen gave birth to in alien resurrection that was a bit strange you know looking it, <laughs> it it didn't it didn't survive beyond like that first iteration so maybe it was just an evolutionary quirk that they tried out and it didn't work so they just jettisoned it and it never made its way into the next generation kind of I thing i just love the way you said that that was just like yeah it was a bit strange i just i just love that sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, do you want to hear something funny about Alien Covenant? Yes, always. Okay, so um, when we went to Japan, uh, the rest of you guys were on Turkish Airlines and I decided not to fly with you. I decided to fly British Airways and I got to Japan 12 hours ahead of you. Um, yes, but our flights were very cheap. That is true, but you also <laughs> got stuck in Istanbul for 12 hours where they wouldn't let you sit down too bad it just knocked a decade off my lifespan it was fine it was worth it anyway carry on (laughs) anyway i i got a two-hour layover in cork and then i slept pretty much the entire way to tokyo but that's the thing you know what i'm like on planes as soon as i get on the plane i fall asleep so i was looking forward to the flight because it was about 11 hours and they had the little tv and i was looking forward to seeing what films were on it and alien covenant was on it so, you know, I slept for the first two hours and then I woke up and I started watching. And about 15 minutes into the film, I fell asleep again. So woke up, restarted it, watched it again, fell asleep after half an hour. I just kept falling asleep, even though it was a film I liked and wanted to pay attention to. The pull of sleeping on the plane was just too strong. <laughs> You just have dreams of it playing over and over the first 10 minutes of it. The I... Groundhog Day for intros. Well, funnily enough, right? Um, I mean, I've had many dreams about the Xenomorphs. It's been very there in my subconscious. <laughs> um, no, at one point, like, there was a dream where I was, like, an 80s action movie star with a beard and a shotgun and a car and a dog. And I was escaping from the aliens, but I had to leave my dog behind. And I woke up really sad. Oh, oh my God. Were you kind of like Ash from the Evil Dead? No, no, it, it was It was actually a bit more like um, your man, uh, Tom Skerritt from the first Aliens film, except with a dog and a car and a shotgun. I didn't use the shotgun in the dream. I don't know why. But um, like I escaped from a factory and the aliens were like bursting out the windows and I was just driving away and the dog was running after me going, don't leave me behind. It's just, yeah. So I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, d- I don't know why, but every now and then the xenomorph does just kind of creep into my dreams because I have such an appreciation for it. 
I don't know. I like is is this very strange? Like not not necessarily. Like everybody has their own character that they really latch onto. I just I'm having visions of you sitting in your sitting room knitting, like knitting xenomorphs or like a xenomorph outfit of some form, where you've become the alien queen. Uh, listen, if I had the now skills, I need to see that happen. <laughs> if I had the skills, I would so cosplay a xenomorph. I, I, I just would 100% and I mean I have watched the films multiple times while knitting um, if I could make a xenomorph cake I would probably um, yeah I, I'm just I don't know it's just for me it's one of my all time top movie monsters and I think everybody's got that thing where there's like one villain or one kind of like enemy character that they just kind of grab onto I think that some people are like that about the Joker you know, and I'm I'm very indifferent towards the Joker, but I just I just love how efficient the Xenomorph is at killing people. You gotta admire admire their skill. Yeah, actually, here's a thing. Maybe this kind of plays into um, another creature that I have a great uh, respect and interest in is the Tarantula Hawk, and the Xenomorph is actually based on the Tarantula Hawk. Which is a real creature that lives on planet Earth. That sounds terrifying. Is it a tarantula that eats hawks or a hawk that eats tarantulas? It's neither. It is a wasp that preys on tarantulas. Good lord. Yeah, so what it does is it attacks the tarantula and it injects its eggs into the tarantula. The tarantula will then carry it carry the eggs and then as soon as the eggs hatch they eat the tarantula from the inside out oh god i think i've seen pictures of that i got to hold oh, one the horror. the horror of it all but oh, it, god. i don't know i think maybe that's where my respect for it comes in because you have you know one of the most dangerous creatures well not that dangerous tarantulas actually aren't as dangerous as they're made out to be but they are very large spiders who are quite intimidating to people and yet they have a predator that is so ruthlessly efficient at what it does that it you just can't help but respect it and it is about a quarter of the size of the tarantula as well so i don't know i think it's just an incredible creature that's definitely nightmare fuel that I'll probably be awake tonight thinking of. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, do you have, like, is there an animal that you kind of are really fascinated by? I know you talked about your husband was obsessed with the spider that has its eyes burned out all the time. Yeah, he is obsessed with the idea of that spider because he's just like, there is no God and here is proof kind <laughs> of thing. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, if they made a movie monster based on that, he'd probably love that. Oh, yeah, he would. It, it's kind of like vampires, though, because of the whole sun thing. Oh, yeah. But, uh... <laughs> well, I, I should probably clarify. I do not find the xenomorph sexy. You know? <laughs> oh, God. I am, I'm so happy you had to clarify that. that it's like, no, no. It's my waifu, but not that kind of waifu. I don't have a Daki Makra of a su stupid, sexy predator kind of thing. <laughs> Although now, I really hope that there is, that there's just like 
uh, <laughs> Ripley and you turn it over and it's the bloody alien queen. I'm sure that it's out there because, as you know, there are people out there, <laughs> but I am not one of them. So I just there are people out there. <laughs> yeah, but you you know what I'm talking about. You yes, know, I, I do. You've seen I things, do. and I have also seen things. So you know where I'm coming from with this. Where I'm going to have to qu- clarify that. I- that's not where my admiration for the xenomorph goes. I have been on the internet for too long to just... I have seen everything. Nothing shocks me anymore. So if I walked into your house and I did see, like, a full-on body pillow of it, I would not be shocked. I just wouldn't. <laughs> not kind, anymore. I am kind of tempted to get it now for the crack and just see if it's out there. You know, there there was that um, body pillow of uh, Starscream that was going around. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and I was tempted to get that because I was just like, could you imagine just having that in your room for any anybody visiting to see? To just oh, back me. out of the room slowly. I mean, I would. I 100% would. But then again, I have very little shame. Yeah. I just, I, I just don't. Anywho. So... <laughs> but, but it's just kind of, you know, like, I we shouldn't look down on these people as well. I mean, let your freak flag fly. Oh, god, if that's no. what you like. Then, I mean, go for it. Who am I to judge? I'm not your dad. I can't tell you what to do. You know, you go. You live your life. I just wanted to clarify that that's not where my fascination goes. Uh, I I have a very clinical, detached, almost um, dead inside view of things that I find interesting. Anyway. That was a thing, and that was an episode. <laughs> that was that was an episode. Yes, uh, I hope this this episode has been interesting and not too strange. I don't think it really ranks up there in one of the strangest episodes that we've had, but it could. No, it's it's quite plausible. It's more metaphorical than like some of the other ones. It's more kind of maybe this is what they were going for, as opposed to, you know. Here's an I alien. Can't. Ah. <laughs> Do you know? I actually had a brain blank there. What other episodes have we done? I <laughs> complete blank there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I I think as strangeness goes, it's probably in the top five. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, we'll finish this up now. So this has been another crackpot theory. The truth is out there, and it's much stranger than you think. Stay safe, everyone.